0: Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Grecian's Gossip, um, just the three of us today, David Byram, Hello. Dan Clark Hello. and myself Howard Lloyd. Um, we've got a few things to discuss, so I guess an obvious place to start is looking back at the win over Stevenage at the weekend. David, you're at the game, much needed win for, for City I guess, or welcome win at least.
1: Uh, yeah, especially sort of going into this this sort of four games in, in nine days or whatever it is now. You know you wouldn't really want to go into the, into that on the back of a lot it, it gets him into the top three again you know which is obviously welcome and uh, you know it was it was reassuring in the, in the fact they played quite well so I think all round, a a, a good day on Saturday coming off the back of what well, a good FA Cup win but a poor result at, at Colchester the week before
0: mm yeah. I think Lloyd James and Pierce Sweeney both on the score sheet are right insane both of yeah. who move found the net in recent weeks, whether it's the right net or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah we I mean, could see them chip. Pierce Sweeney in particular, sort of yeah, finding the net regularly.
1: Yeah, that's his fifth goal of the season, which for, for a right back is who hadn't even scored before this season is is pretty impressive. Um he has been boosted by the fact he, he seems to be City's penalty taker now, which <laughs> is an interesting one. I'm not quite sure how they, they sort of came up with that on the training ground, but it seems to be working and I mean, I spoke to Paul Tisdale earlier this week, and he was saying that, um, you know, they've got, well, when Troy Brown was fit, they got him, Jordan Moore, Taylor, and Pierre Sweeney. All three of them could pose a threat from set-pieces, and when you add in, like, strikers like Jaden Stockley, who, who, you know, are brilliant in the air as well, he says it just creates a real problem for the opposition to sort of know who to, who to sort of target when they're marking for, for set-pieces, and, you know, as we saw on, on, on Saturday, you know, the defenders seem to have this habit of, of getting into the right place at the right time and and turning the ball
0: home when they need to. Mm. I always like you when you see teams that don't just use their number nine to take penalties, basically, because you get <laughs> the idea that it's actually a bit of a meritocracy. Like, if, even if a defender's shown himself to be good at taking penalties, then uh, you know they'll they'll earn the right to take them. Have I mean, you seen? Christian Benteke, like I'm missing a few, you know. Power. And I, even when he was at Villa, I never really was convinced by his penalty-taking skills, but just because he was the team's main striker, he was um, he was taking them. So they're uh, no, good to see him, him knocking them in. Dan, I mean, uh, by all accounts from that game, um, it sounded like one which should have could almost have been more comfortable for City had they not conceded that, that goal. Yeah, well,
2: you're sort of sitting there watching the game, and as you know, as the game went on, you could only ever see. One outcome, and that was at some stage, the city's extra quality was going to break Stevenage down. They were going to get the goal. They were going to go on and and win the game. Once they went you know, two 0 up, it all got you know it all seemed so comfortable, and you know that it was almost you know okay done. This game's won. We can switch off a little bit. Stevenage, they never ever, ever looked like they were going to you know hit the back of the net. Get it, you know create. I can't really think of any. Chances they really created before the goal, and then just you know, there's the ball in the box. You know, and smashes one in, which is pretty much the only chance he had all game. And all of a sudden, it went from being you know, a, a ner- very, very nervous last 10 minutes where you know, City was sort of hanging on a little bit more than they really you know should have been. And obviously, you know, they had a couple of you know, Steve They had a couple more chances. Christy Pim made a I well, could save at the end as well, but it's I don't know whether they sort of just sort of stopped playing a little bit with 15 to go and decide rather than you know, just carrying on what they were doing, which was comfortably controlling the game. They sort of just sat back a little bit too much, invited the pressure on, and well, they got one goal and they very nearly got a second goal. And but when you look at the you know the players extra had on the pitch, they've got so many players who can you know, good in possession. They you had know, Harley and Boateng. And James, who you know, the three of them linked up really well in the midfield there. And you know, McIlinden can, you know, can hold the ball up as well, Stockley as well. but a lot of players who you know should have been a little bit better in possession and should have been trusted a little bit more, just to you know, to keep the ball, run the clock down that way, rather than just retreating to sort of ten men behind the ball and you know, inviting the opposition on to you and to score, you know, to score the goals. They got one, they nearly got a second, and. Would have been a you know, com- you know complete waste of an afternoon <laughs> had they got that equaliser. Given how the rest of the game gone, because City was so dominant and, and so much the better side, and they should have just trusted in themselves. Mm. You know, to go on. and They did get the third, and they did play it. You know, they played it once in the last fifteen minutes, and that's when Lee Holmes you know, beat two or three men, got a cross in, and I'm still not quite sure how Matt Jay managed to, to miss from a yard <laughs> with an open <laughs> goal. But you know, that just showed what they could have done had that. You know, rather than Sitting back and defending as they did
1: mm.
0: can almost be a curse, can't it? That kind of 2 0 lead and everything's going a bit, bit too smoothly almost, can't it? And then, uh, then well, that happens. You touched on that save by by Christie Christie Pin. Dean Moxey was was full of praise for. He was glowing about it. I mean, how good a save was it? Do you think? Uh,
2: first, well, first time saw it sort of watching it live, sort of felt uh, he, he it, you know almost as he made a little bit of a mistake there and it sort of just gone you know he'd gone it gone through his hands and he got lucky that it had you know, rather than going the back then it had gone onto the crossbar. But when you sort of see the replay you can see just how cleanly the guy struck it on the volley, just how you know how much pace he's got on it and how little time Pim actually has to react. He's you know, hardly sees it and he can just, you know, gets his hands up, just gets enough on it to to tip it away from goal. And onto the bar, and it, you know it was a vital save really because he hadn't had a lot of helps to do all game, and you know just you know he might not have tipped it away exactly as he would have hoped to, him, but he did what he needed to do and he made the save, which he's done on quite a few occasions this season. Mm. Well, what do we make of Pym these days? Because I mean, he's,
0: he's a keeper who's had his fair share of scrutiny, I suppose. But admittedly, as a you know young keeper coming into the team, I suppose that's inevitable. But he's face plenty of competition from James Heyman and, lastly, uh, well Bobby Leznic since, then, let's say this season again, obviously. But um, I mean, what, what do you make of him nowadays? I mean, very good lead two keeper. Are we talking? Or
1: I don't think his shot stopping's ever been in question. I think he's a very good, good saver of the ball. But the thing I've been impressed with this season, his all round game has improved so much. You know, he's sort of coming to punch balls a lot more than easily. You know, he's a lot more authoritative in the box. Um, yeah, there's the odd occasion where you think, oh, perhaps he could do better there. Perhaps he's you know, is still a little, little quiet when when trying to sort of control his, his back ball that sort of thing. But on the whole, he has improved loads. You know, um, the thing, if you look back to last season when uh, for the, the playoffs against Carlisle and Paul Tizzard brought in Bobby Lesznik, everyone was like, "Why well, it's because he's sort of this bigger, sort of burlier keeper who can come out and collect balls and and go up against these target men." But he, Christy Pym has, has sort of improved on that no end this season. You know he's coming out collecting balls, and he's probably you know out of all the keepers in the league, too, he's probably the quickest of his line that I've seen. Uh, you know that's that's not always to his benefit. You know against uh, against uh, Cambridge last season where he can made a complete howler, um, and then sort of just kick the ball straight to their player who meant he had meant to have to score scoring But even that sort of you, you don't feel as Nervous when when he gets the ball at his feet, as he did last season. You know he's he's a very cool customer when he gets the ball in that situation. But um, you know it, it doesn't often end as a mistake anymore. So I think you know, like as I said, I think as a, an all-round keeper, I think his, his game has sort of come on, and I think he is sort of benefiting from the last twelve months of you know solid first-team football. Hmm.
0: Dan, is there any way you think you might be able to improve still?
2: Uh, well, I mean, the obvious thing you'd like him to be a little bit taller. <laughs> There's not a lot he can do too much about that, in a sense. You know, the, you would, you do still have a few. You know, he is a little bit short for a goalkeeper, and that's probably going to sort of hold him or hold back some clubs, perhaps. You know, looking into him. This is obviously, you know, keeper who's played here in England at under 20s. He's got to be getting on for around 100, you know, 13 games at what, he's at 21, 22. Now, you know, that's the kind of thing you'd be looking at and, um, you know, clubs at a higher division would probably be looking at him and going, OK, this is, you know, should we have a look at him? You know, you look at signing him. But the fact, he, you know, his height is always going to count against him a little bit, you know, there's just shots that otherwise he might save, but you know, he does everything right but just it's that two or three inches too short and can't get on the end of it. But he does look to be improving season by season. He's, you know, commanding his defence more getting better on the ball he's you know making you know still making these saves and you know for you know extra you, you think the only reason they'd be you know be looking for a new goalkeeper at any stage in the next sort of five seasons or so would be if someone signs him mm. rather than needing to upgrade him at any any point because well, you know if extra do get promoted to league one as we all sort of hope they do I don't think you'd have any doubts or any issues with him being a league one goalkeeper so you know, yeah, yet another player coming through the successful youth system that the club has
0: mm, yeah, Absolutely, I, I agree entirely um, David, you caught up with Lloyd James after the, um, the game, let's have a listen to what uh, he had to say about things
3: I think it was important uh, after the Colchester performance that we got back to winning ways uh, I thought we performed really well today, obviously we are a bit disappointed to concede the goal, uh, but I think we thoroughly deserved the win. They did throw a lot of you at the end uh, must be really pleasing though to, to not sort of fold and see the second. Yeah, I think you've got to appreciate Steven as you're a good side in this league and uh, they were all going, always going to have moments that were going to cause us a few problems. Uh, I thought we dealt with them re- really well. Uh, I thought the back, back five were fantastic and uh, I thought we were really good all over the pitch and like I said before, I think we deserved a win. Of course, it's an important win going into now a really congested fixed schedule. How are you and the squad feeling going into that? Yeah, obviously we're, we're positive, uh, especially after today's performance. Uh, we'll take each game as it comes, uh, I think Shovel next in it, so we'll be ready for for that game and that'll be a different type of game, but uh, we'll be ready for the challenge. And personally you got on the score sheet, how pleasing was it? Can you talk through your goal? Yeah, it was pleasing to get one in the right end of the... <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, yeah, it was good It was good to get on the score sheet, but the main thing is winning games and uh, getting up, getting our aim at the end of the season, trying to go up. And something slightly different to last season, the home form has been really, really strong at the start of this season,
4: what do you think that that's down to?
3: Uh, I think, I think if, if you look back at the start of last year, we had a lot of injuries and a lot of problems. <coughs> that way, uh, we've we've carried on from where we left off last year, and we we need to continue that. And uh, I think we we will.
4: Excellent. Eight eight wins out of eleven at home, no, Lloyd. That sort of speaks volumes so how good you are at, at home this year, really.
3: Yeah, we we've, we've been good at home, uh, and obviously the fans play their part singing. Uh, they were singing i think when we were 2-1 down they were singing mm. like mad and i think uh, that always helps that yeah. always helps.
4: sure and you got in some good positions you know you've taken that really well you could have hit it first time but you took a great touch sort of shrugged off the defender and, and guided it in really
3: yeah well i was, I was going to uh take it tu- uh take it first time but he, he actually nudged me in the back so i was, was thinking about <laughs> going over for a penalty <laughs> but uh i didn't in the end and unless to take a good touch and uh, get the goal.
4: The manager was talking about the West Brom game, that you can't be focused on that, you've got to focus on the league campaign. Does that sort of give you an extra boost, really, knowing you've got that game in a few weeks' time, but there's going to be competition for places, everyone needs to be at the top of their game, really?
3: Yeah, I think the West Brom game, we'll deal with that when it comes to it. Uh, we've got uh, a few league games before uh, and that's our priority, it's the league. Uh, we want to try and get out of this league and go up. And uh, I think as you said, competition for places. I think yeah, it, it will be tough. Yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of good players waiting in the wings to
4: get their chance. Is that part of the, um, the, the thing we did? Part of the success, really. I've got so much competition. You can't dip your levels really as you be at the team. I guess that's the goes for everyone. Yeah, it goes for
3: everyone. Like you, you've said it yourself. You can't dip your levels. Uh, you can't dip your levels in anyway uh, as a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's good competition, so
4: and, uh, it's Halfway point coming up to, to the season, you're in a nice position, aren't you? Yeah,
3: we're in a nice position, but like you said, you keep <laughs> saying it, it's halfway, uh, only halfway, and come the end of the season, we know we can put a strong run run together if we can, like we did last
4: year, and we should be in a stronger position. Mm. Obviously, you've got that second-dollar season last season, where you went on that great run, can you see yourself only getting stronger as you go through the, the season, really, with the competition for places, and... I, I hope so,
3: I hope so. Uh, that's what we'll be aiming for. Mm. Yeah, we will be aiming for that.
0: Well, that was um, Lloyd James there talking about the, uh, the Stevenage win of the weekend. Um, looking ahead now, I mean City, Yeovil, their next game. David, is that one that they'll be hunting the three points for very much, you think?
1: I think they've got to be hunting the three points in all their Christmas games, to be honest. You know, you look at their next three games in particular, uh, Yeovil, not, not in the relegation zone, but I think they're what? Third bottom or fourth bottom, Forest Green, Rock Bottom at the moment. Barnet, I think uh, they might have just climbed out the wing out of the relegation zone because they beat Woking the other day. But they were they were struggling massively a few weeks ago, and that's so that's three games in a row. And you, I think, you know, if you're third in the table, you've got to be looking at nine points from those games. Uh, and I think you know yoga will be, would be a good place to go after a couple of poor away performances to just you know say right we're going to recapture our away form in a game like this and you know to, to go there and, and get three points last season it was probably probably the dullest game I've ever seen mm. in nil, nil, 0-0 nil, um, where the only incident of note was uh, a whistle from the crowd which was blown as a half time whistle for the players to come off the pitch <laughs> uh, for, the, for the ref to bring the players back on and award Christy Pim a drop ball. He kicks out of play. And then the ref plays for half time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that sort of summed the whole game up, really. Uh, so hopefully it'll be better this season. You know, it is a local derby. You know, the the two sets of fans and the two clubs do get on, and there is the Adamstown link. So it's always an, an enjoyable, an enjoyable away day. Even if the, the game last season wasn't enjoyable itself. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I think it's got the makings of a, a decent game, hopefully.
0: Mm. Dan, David's saying City need to be hunting nine points from those three games. What kind of return do you think they'll be sort of satisfied with? I
2: think you've got to be looking seven points, probably minimum, from the, from those you know, three games, you know, two home games. and you know, If you look at all, you know, the other thing you say, win your home games, draw your away games, that gets you to seven. So you'd, be, you'd think that's sort of the minimum you'd expect is if kind run of fixtures, you know, over Christmas, you know, two home games against sides at the bottom of the table and, and a and an away game to a side also at the bottom of the table and your closest trip all season. So, you know, no, there can be no excuses over sort of you know tiredness, fitness, you know, travelling issues that, you know, some a lot of other clubs are gonna have to face over you know, over the Christmas period, I and mean, even going into the new year, it's Newport away, and that's again one of the the closest trips they'll have all season so you almost couldn't have picked the fixtures any better you know over the, over the Christmas period so they've you know got really no excuses in that they've got pretty much a, you know full, fully fit squad you know players coming back from injury as well. I mean Lee Holmes obviously came back from injury last week you know looks like you know it seems doesn't seem to be anyone other than you know a couple of the long-term absences. You know, unavailable, so they've got the squad. They've got you know plenty of players you could you know bring it. You know rotate players in and out of so you can not without really weakening the, weakening the squad. But you know they've bought the other. suppose the only thing you got to think about is the last two times they've played Yeovil to this season in the the Jack and trade Trophy. The game last season they've sort of been outplayed by Yeovil, who are a much weaker side on paper, but in the on the day of you know, been better than Exeter, obviously, the game the season, okay, it was the Czech Trade Trophy, but, you know, they, the were much the better side that day, and then, so last season, Exeter, somehow scrambled a 3-0 draw and being 3-0 down the 89th minute, so, you, it's a sort of a game that Exeter should be winning, but in the last you know, couple of seasons, have had a little bit of a, a block against Yeovil in that, despite being much better than them on paper and in the table, even coming in with much better form than the Oval, they still haven't managed to, to get the win against them, which you know, has their local derby. They're thinking they want to get the bragging rights over them.
1: Mm.
0: David, would, uh, along similar lines, do you think Forest Green Rovers, so looking for the road, Forest Green Rovers, will take confidence from how close they push City in those FA Cup ties as well?
1: Yeah, I think they are a sort of much changed side from uh, from the, the side that City beat in September, and we, we saw that in the two FA Cup games that, you know, after 180 minutes had finished as a draw. But at the same time, I think City were the better team in, in both those games. You know, they, they didn't have the best of first half again in either game, but you, you always felt that they had something more in them if they needed to, to to win, When they did get the win in the end. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think they are Forest Green are improved, but at the same time they are bottom of the table, and, you know, I think it's all one a good point into how much a team have improved, but and it can take half from previous fixtures. But at the same time, if a team's bottom of the table, you've got to beat them if you if you want to get promotion at the end of the day.
0: Mm, cool. Well, on that note, what are, what are your predictions? Will um, sort of the oval one. What are your predictions for that?
1: I I got caught on camera saying two one to City on, on, on Saturday <laughs> and Lloyd James to score first. <laughs> uh, so, so I think I'm going to go three uh, nil City. Well. Okay. Yeah.
0: Being confident, Dan.
1: Um, 2 0
0: City. And who's to score first, David? As well. Oh, um,
1: Liam McIlwaine. Okay. Yeah.
0: Dan, what are you thoughts? Well,
1: oh, I'm going to go for an open goal. <laughs> That's the best goal to score, actually. <laughs> have to have. Left
0: field, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> um, right, we'll, we'll wrap things up, and um, some City fans may or may not have heard, but um, Aid Edmondson in the local uh, in the latest Star Wars film. That came out of uh, again out of left field. I, mean, I don't think any of us saw that coming. David, can you shed any further light on that?
1: Well, he writes a column for us, so I would have liked him to, to put that in the <laughs> yeah. column. No. Yeah, it was. He had a cameo appearance in in the latest Star Wars film. I've not seen it, but apparently he's got some quite decent screen time. He got a tweet from Mark Hammond afterwards, and you know I think a lot of well, a lot of fans have been. Pleased to see him on the,
0: on the big screen, yeah. Hmm. Sure. We, I mean, my my Star Wars knowledge is is embarrassingly poor to be uh, <laughs> to be completely honest. But um you were saying there was another uh, another sort of vague link as well, the Darth Vader um, body man. Paint yeah. Body. Yeah. Well, you, you're painting me out to be a
1: Star Wars buff. <laughs> don't be Don't be shy. Don't Come on. <laughs> I'm <then. laughs> not a huge fan of Star Wars by any means, but um, Dave Prowse, the 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 man who played Darth Vader's body, if that makes sense. <laughs> so he was the one in the suit, not the one voicing Darth Vader, uh, which I would always take as an insult to my voice if I if I was in a suit but not voicing the parts. Yeah, um, yeah he uh, he was involved in the. Um, I think I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain how he was involved, but he was involved with Yuri Geller and, and Michael Jackson and David Blaine and that sort of era, of Exeter City, the era that. Um, that you know, fans rather like to, to look past. I, I don't think he's been <laughs> seen back at Saint James Park since. <laughs> Although he was at uh, exit at Comic Con, I think last year. So he's still got a few few links to the area, I guess.
0: I take it that isn't how Aid Edmondson ended up getting the role. I doubt it. Yeah, brilliant stuff. All right then. we'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, thanks very much for joining us this week's Grecians gossip and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week.